Hey everybody, welcome back to the Authentic Uma podcast. It's Rafiq here. Peace be upon you. Um so in today's podcast episode, I wanted to talk about getting like an Umrah visa. Um and going for Umrah and kind of what's that experience like. Now, the reason why I'm I'm saying this is because that's kind of what's happening right now in my life. Um I am planning to inshallah go for Umrah. uh with my wife and uh it's so cool to say that uh like you've when you have like a, a spouse or someone and and then like for for men especially if you say like I have a wife like the first time you know like you've never seen uh a female before like sort of so by saying like you you you've got a wife it's uh it's an honorable thing and it's really exciting so the initial idea is that uh, and how it works around the world uh, well what's common nowadays is that people go for a honeymoon and uh, so that was the question which was put to me as well like where we're going to go for honeymoon now before i got married i kind of knew a little bit about you know how this honeymoon stuff uh, would go out so i i initially like one of my first ever ideas was that I would not go on a honeymoon. I would just have like a a holiday or a place alone uh, with the um with my wife, right? So essentially that's uh what in the initial stages my thoughts were like I wouldn't have such a thing as a honeymoon. And I I don't like that word because I feel it's like um you see in in Islam we we don't want to be uh, like copying like the traditions of the non-believers and uh, kind of what they do and stuff so like um, so um honeymoon like i i just don't like it i just it doesn't feel like a natural thing uh, that would come to me in something which i would do uh in the sense that you know there's this whole idea that it has to be a perfect marriage and you have to go to this place so perfect and you have to go and uh have this experience with this person and it has to be perfect everything has to be perfect and that's not the case because in reality uh is that once you go for a holiday or for some kind of event happens essentially after it at the end of it all there's nothing else um in the sense that uh sure you did that but now what right what's the next thing you're you're going after and i guess this also differs based on personality types but with regards to my honeymoon i didn't want to go um i wanted to go to the maldives now the maldives is like a beach place because i've always wanted to go to a beach place like we've been for holidays uh to like places like dubai like for me and my mom and my sister that's mainly us three who 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 travel so we we would go to like dubai for my sister's holiday and also a little holiday for me and my mom as well so we'd go and the main place was dubai like that was like the only the main place we would go to was dubai and uh, south africa also um at times now when we were in dubai i would never go to the beach um i think i went there once on my latest trip i went to the beach but it, uh, we weren't living at the beach in the sense that we're not in a hotel by the beach and we don't have the beach um at in our back door right so i always wondered that and um, it's like uh, i think it's this perception which we have about this so that's kind of what i was uh, um 
looking into so i've always wanted to go to like some place by the beach and i did research and i realized that maldives was the place to go and especially if you're getting married because a lot of couples go there so i'm like hey that would be cool like it'll be our own little little space uh to go but then i realized that the weather in maldives it's not okay it's totally totally um not totally but it's winter season and in the winter season like it can rain the whole day and um it can like have harsh winds coming through as well and so i didn't want to risk it by going um 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 in september so um yeah the date is uh, september 2nd inshallah 2022 um that is the so called um wedding night or so called uh, reception and i put it like in inverted commas because i don't agree um i don't agree that um i'm not married yet um the perception at the moment is that i'm not yet married the perception at the moment by other people is that uh i haven't been nikahed and now they i put that in inverted commas because people don't know what that means they don't know what is a nikah uh they, they they're just guessing and they're looking at what's happening around them they haven't done their research they haven't gone into the books they haven't looked into what it means and uh how the style of marriage was because ultimately at the end of the day we're asked we're trying to find guidance right i believe everyone's trying to find guidance and in islam our guidance is from the messenger like he's the future based cause he's the guy who we're meant to follow he's the guy who's who's delivered that message to the whole of humankind and um, so as part of that message like we have to understand like what he meant by it and uh, in the case of of a nikah all you need a nikah is basically it's just an arabic word right it's when you marry a woman um it's known as nikah or when you marry a man it's known as like a marital contract and essentially in order for that contract to to appear what there's so few things you need and our prophet peace be upon him he made it super easy like you don't need to have a literally a written contract you don't need um, all these things which we have nowadays now um obviously it's good to have the written stuff down because today they want to protect people's rights um so yeah but that doesn't uh, deny the fact that marriage is super easy and in marriage all you need is let me tell you you need the the girl's father or the guardian it's most of the time it's the father um the list there's a huge list if it's not the father then it moves on to the grandfather and not the grandfather then the brother right there's a huge list which is given in the in the Quran or is it the hadith I, i'm not so sure but i think it's in the Quran so what you have to do is uh, the father of the girl says to the person who wants to marry his daughter is that i give you my daughter in marriage right and then that guy says i accept the girl says he accepts and this happens in the presence of two witnesses muslim male witnesses who are of sound nature right they're not um like um mental or anything they've got a sound nature right uh, so if this happens or or if words similar to that are uttered right then that is essentially the beginning of the contract that is that when you do that that is a nikah a nikah is uh like a conversation it's like a situation which happens it's not something which you you necessarily have to write it down and and this is how it was back in the day 
Um, some could argue that it's because they didn't have pen and paper, but that's not true because in the Quran, it uh, well, I guess it is true, but in the Quran, um, there are some verses which talk about future obligations and trading in business. And if you look in Hadith books, they've literally got books like in Sayyid Bukhari or Sayyid Muslim, one of those, there's like an entire chapter on business transactions. Likewise, there's an entire chapter on um, on marriage. And so in marriage, you, you all, you, all you need, like it's so few, all you need is the dad to say yes, to say, hey, I give you my daughter in marriage, I agree to your marriage, I give you my daughter, and the boy says yes, and the girl says yes, and this kind of situation, this kind of event, this kind of scenario gets played out in the presence of two witnesses, a guy is married. Boom, it's that easy, guys. Like, people make it so complicated. They, oh, you have to have a nikah in a mosque, you have to do this, and like, on wedding cards and stuff, people write nikah. Like, that's not what nikah is. That's not what nikah means. People, they're changing this word and I don't like that. Like, no, that's not what a nikah is. And uh, really that, that it frustrates me. Like, as of right now, like, um, I, my official marriage date was the 20th of February, 2022. Okay, that is when... Um, what happened essentially is her dad walked into a room, walked into the room. I was there. Um, uh, the girl wasn't there. Her name is Tahrim. She wasn't there. And, um, what happened was that, um, his dad was there and his dad like made an announcement and like my brother was there. My dad was there. Uh, my sister-in-law's husband was there. Like I, there were a lot of men who were present, Muslim men who had sound natures and, and, uh, the, my father-in-law. He, made, he essentially he made the announcement that we received a proposal from Rafiq Tataria for my daughter, uh, Tahrim, and we accept your proposal. So, I know, you know, when you say you accept a proposal, isn't that like you're kind of agreeing to, to ma get married and stuff? So this is kind of um, where I'm a bit confused in as well. Because to me, like when you uh, accept a marriage proposal... It's like, ah, okay, now what, right? Um, because to me, it's like I can be alone with her. I can be, uh, I can talk with her, no problem. I don't need um, any permission of any kind. Essentially, that's what it means. But in today's world, um, what you want to do is it's best to wait because, um, which I don't, I, I don't like doing. Like, what's the point in waiting? Because it just wastes more time. So anyway, um, what, what was the topic of this podcast? The topic of the podcast just gone in a tangent. Okay, we were talking about Umrah. So anyways, leaving aside my kind of what happened to me in my whole process of, of getting married and stuff. Yeah, the date is September 2nd when uh, we have this reception, right? Apparently his, his family, um, father-in-law's side, he's inviting a bunch of people and we're inviting a well not a bunch but quite a few people and um essentially the walima inshallah will be on the 4th of september 2022 so yeah oh sorry i just hit my lamp so essentially that's how the plan is and so for my umrah for my so-called honeymoon i was thinking hey i'll just go for umrah with her because I think like a trip to the holy city is super cool rather than like wasting money on all these other things like 
you know, shopping and stuff. A lot of people do that. I, I don't see like the value in that as much. Like um, for me, like as I was saying, I wanted to go to like a beach somewhere because I think that would be a cool experience. Uh, but like things like shopping, no, I'm not interested in, in like shopping for jewelry or shopping for a new shirt or a new trouser or new shoes. I'm not interested in that stuff. Shopping for a belt, shopping for, like, I'm not, I already have everything I need, alhamdulillah. You know, if I need anything, I go and buy it. Like, that's how we go. And like, I don't see the value um, in like g- giving gifts and stuff like that. Sure, it's very valuable to an extent, but it's not something which um, which is the main motivating factor. And I don't expect it from people, right? But a lot of people expect that. So that's what I don't like. Um, so yeah, anyway, I decided to go for Umrah and inshallah, um, my our plan is on the 16th to the 26th. So that's 10 days away. Inshallah, five days or six days in Makkah and four days or f- uh, five or six days in Medina. Uh, I don't know, uh, four, five or six. Anyway, we're trying to figure it out between the two. So the idea was to go to Makkah and Medina. And um, there was an option to go to Riyadh as well. I don't know Riyadh. Like I've I've just seen like it's a business city, like skyscrapers and stuff. But uh, not really. Like it's not really. It hasn't got the the holy holy mosques. So the reason I wanted to go to Makkah and Medina is because of the the holy mosques are there, and um, that's that's the reason. And the holy mosques they carry like a hundred thousand times better. Was it like Masjid al Haram was? Uh, a hundred thousand times better uh, you know a prayer in masjid al-haram masjid al-haram is like a thousand times or was it a hundred thousand i forgot like but it's multiple times better than offering salah in any random any other mosque um except for i believe masjid al-aqsa and masjid al-nabawi those two also there's there's multiples but the more multiple is masjid al-haram and um Initially, when I first heard Masjid al-Haram, like, you know, you, you've got the word haram in it. Like, haram, when you when you hear the word haram, you normally think of pork or alcohol, right? Or gambling, right? Haram. But, like, uh, why is it called Masjid al-Haram? Like, you see, that's the the first connotation which comes into your mind is just that. And that reminds me of, of my childhood, of growing up, learning about Islam at so-called madrasa, which I hated. I hated it. I didn't like it um, at all. I didn't like the environment. I didn't like how I was being taught. So, yeah, uh, Masjid al-Haram, uh, it's called that because al-Haram, haram, means like another um, another meaning it has is a sanctuary. Right? Did you guys know this? Like, this is so cool when I found out about it. It means a sanctuary. And... Uh, it means kind of prohibited and a sanctuary and, and a place which is super, super sacred. So Masjid al-Haram, it's literally like, um, I believe it translates to the mosque of um, sacredness, of prohibition, uh, right? You, you think prohibition about pork and alcohol, but like it's sanctuary, like somewhere sacred. And if it's sacred, it's like, um, it's more stringent, right? So I believe that's... Um, that's what it uh, what it had. The, that was the naming uh, behind Masjid al-Haram, uh, the Haram part. Like it's sanctuary. It, one word, one meaning is prohibited. Another meaning is like a sanctuary, somewhere secure, right? And uh, that's what it is. It's a secure place. It's the holy city. It's the city of 
the first place of worship um, from human for human beings like since man set foot on the planet I believe that's what the scholars say um, that uh, Masjid al-Haram Mecca where the Kaaba is it was the first place of worship like Adam peace be upon him uh, he was uh, worshipping there and that's super super cool and that's the sanctuary that's the holy land so um, yeah it would be so cool to go there so anyway my plan is on the 16th to the 26th 2022 I would go to Mecca and Medina and uh, I don't know Riyadh I'm not sure about Riyadh because that's that's a bustling city and I want to get the reward from, from the two mosques so I think that's why I'm thinking so it's been so cool like trying to book tickets trying to see the flights it takes apparently 9 hours and 5 minutes something like that to go from here uh, from uh, Blantyre to um to Jeddah um, yeah we're landing in Jeddah rather than Medina because Jeddah um, so it's here to Addis then Addis to Jeddah and uh, I think it's because it's closer it's quicker it's only nine hours compared to Medina I think it was 12 or 13 hours so it's a lot better uh, so yeah inshallah we'll go from here to to Jeddah and uh, that's so um yeah that's my plan at least what's actually happening is I need to apply for a visa okay so so right now um there are a list of countries who can apply for a visa online okay they can go on to i think visit saudi.com saudia.com or something like that and if you belong to like a couple of countries in europe and the usa and a couple of countries uh, like you can apply for a visa online and it's super easy like you get your visa in like five ten minutes but like for people like me, we don't live in those countries, like in those advanced countries, put advanced in, in advanced, inverted commas, those advanced countries. So we don't go there. So we don't live there. So apparently we need to apply through an embassy. Now here in Malawi, there's no Saudi embassy. So the closest embassy to Malawi, it would be Zambia. Or I believe there's one in Zambia and Tanzania, but I'm applying in the from the one in Zambia because I just feel... Like it's a bit closer. And uh, Zambia, yeah, I, I don't know why. Tanzania just seems far away. And I also have some family in Zambia, a bit far family. We don't keep uh, much contact, but they're just there. So Zambia is like more common for me. So inshallah, I want to phone them tomorrow and ask them, uh, what else do I need? Because I paid for the visa already online. So like even if you belong to these countries which are not... Uh, which don't have ability to apply for an online visa, you can visit their website. I think it's visa.mofa.sa or .com, something like visa.mof, ministry of foreign affairs, mofa.gov or something like that, right? Um, then you go, you pay for your visa, you fill up your passport details, you, uh, your flight numbers and stuff like that. Now, I did that, and now under status, it said send to embassy. So I think I have to print out a copy of that certificate, uh, which just has my deals in it, and then send it to the embassy together, maybe with my ID, with my passport. Um, so that's what I want to phone and ask tomorrow. So inshallah, tomorrow, I'll phone and ask about that, uh, see how it's done. And I also need to apply one for my wife as well. So I, uh, uh, it's just so interesting. Um, having a wife like by, by saying like I have to apply one for my wife as well it's going to be different like like right now you know when you're living alone for so long you you'd never ever um, think of having someone else living with you right uh, in the sense that 
being super close to you like uh, same room same wardrobe same cupboard same bathroom stuff like that um so yeah it's it's super exciting and and so that's kind of the the status of of me with regard to the the visa and that's what i were waiting for so yeah and that's all i wanted to talk about really in this podcast and kind of just the the life update again which i went through already um yeah that's kind of the status of uh, where i'm at and it's going to be so exciting inshallah uh oh yeah meanwhile I, I ordered some wedding cards from india they look super cool and i also have a a thermal printer which i which i bought off amazon uh usa so that came in as well i want to go and try and um i want to try and set that one up see how it goes essentially it's a sticking label printer so you know when you receive packages sometimes they've got these labels on top of them which have got like a barcode some of them have got a tracking number yeah so essentially i've got a printer which prints that stuff so on our envelopes when we get them i'm planning to print the names of the people uh, who were inviting to the walima and uh, uh, the bri as well so we have a walima and a bri you know actually i never wanted any of these things uh, a walima bri and a reception in the long you know i i never ever wanted any of these things like I just wanted a, a simple a walima, yes, because it's uh, a sunnah to have uh, a walima to give people eat to eat food and stuff. But like stuff like a bri, stuff like a um, you know, lots of stuff like a welcome dinner, like a welcome dinner for for uh, for the in law families and and stuff like that. And really, I sh- I I don't like it a lot. I really hate it. Like. This is uh, one of the good things about a podcast like you can express your own views and you don't have to worry about anyone saying anything to you like I I really didn't want one because it's not necessary it's a waste of money just feed a couple of people and you can keep that money go and spend it with your wife like oh that's like the best idea ever how could you not think of that I think what it is everyone wants to impress other people So like they want a big wedding because like oh family name and stuff like ah I don't like that stuff like it doesn't matter about your family name like the the question is you know for for one human to become more superior to another human it's not popularity it's not wealth you know it's not your race it's not your it's not your ethnicity it's none of that stuff it's not whether you're a male or a female it's none of that stuff you know the the thing which uh uh makes one human being superior to another it's not any of that stuff it is piety it is taqwa it is righteousness it's god consciousness it's how well do you know god and how well do you submit your will to him it's not submitting your will to anybody else except that one true god so yeah i feel people want to do all these big weddings and stuff like that because they they want to impress people they i mean sure that's one of the reasons but like people have other reasons which are good as well so like uh, besides the popularity and stuff but that's what i think most people mainly focus on that all the other reasons so for example um to get more prayers for the couple right if you invite more people you get more people potentially who can pray for for the couple to have a successful married life so that's one of the reasons but i don't think people focus on that more people focus more on things like popularity 
right? They want to be famous. They want to be known that their family's daughter is marrying this other family's son. And boom, like that's what people are interested in. That's what people want. Um, yeah, it's showing off. Uh, I think I kind of, this is just my personal views, but I think it's showing off. It's uh, just trying to impress other people who don't even care about you. Like at the end of the day, nobody cares about you. The only person who cares about you is the prophet, peace be upon him. Like he wanted to guide the people. That was his mission. That was his job. So in a way, God is the only one who cares about you. And uh, everything that all the blessings which you've got there from God, um, you know, seeing in the big picture, like right? looking at it from a, uh, high in the sky view it's all from god right um it reminds me of one of the supplications which prophet david peace be upon him Dawood, peace be upon him had said uh which was i'm trying to remember it anyway i forgot but um it was something like uh, all oh it was hadha min fadli rabbi which is which means Hadha means all this stuff here, like what I have. Hadha min fadli rabbi is from my Lord. So this blessings, this good stuff is from my Lord and nobody else. Hadha min fadli rabbi. Right? This fadl is like cool stuff, like the good stuff. This fadl is from nobody but the one true Almighty God. So. Um, yeah, that's kind of just an update on my life and what's happening. And in fact, today I just set up this little studio. I Yeah, I have COVID, by the way. Around six days ago, I, I caught COVID for the first time. Me and my brother and my sister had it uh, one day or two days before me, which I think I just gave it to her because we were together the whole day uh, when she got sick. Well, the day before she got sick. Anyway, so um, yeah, I've COVID, got COVID. I finished some medicine. I still have a bit more medicine to do, so I'm gonna finish that up. Oh, I need to have my medicine right now. Actually, I just remembered. Okay, so I'm gonna go grab my medicine and then uh, I'm gonna pray Isha. Yeah, so essentially it means I'm praying at home, and that would be a nice podcast episode to go over as well. Um, yeah, I'll be praying at home on my own. My brother has to also quarantine in his own room, but like nowadays they're just moving all together. Anyways. So, yeah, I'm going to have my medicine right now. Um, if you guys are planning to go for Hajj, for Umrah, uh, may Allah make it easy for you. And uh, may He benefit you from it. And may it be something which uh, um, which lightens uh, your life, which brightens up your life. Uh, not only in this world, but also in the next world. And uh, with that being said, I'll speak with you guys in the next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.